It's your boy Rabino. And this DJ Erm in the building. And you listen to the Up and Up podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What it do, what it do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up Network. I'm your host, Rabino. And I'm DJ Erm, man. What's up, boss? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm blessed, man. Yeah. I have the same, you know, I have the same answer every episode. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bless, that's why I always ask you, because yeah. I wonder if it's going to change. Yeah, but you know, for the first time listeners, you know, this is probably their first time knowing how blessed I am, so yes, sir. I'm blessed, y'all. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, if this is your first time tuning in, as well as if you're a consistent listener, this is the Up and Up podcast. As I stated, this is the po- podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? Mm-hmm. We do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, right? The hustlers, the shakers. Yes, sir. Um, those taking up space, breaking down barriers, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Not only for all of us still here, but for the next generation to come, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm feeling good, bro. We were just talking before the show, like how like we just look forward to episodes because it is kind of an escape from the crazy world we live in, bro. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's good to like kind of pause and have real intentional conversations. Um, and we're super excited, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because today's guest is someone who I would say is... Uh, Someone who's helping and leading um, the charge on what it means to try to make this world a better place, right? Than the way we received it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's definitely a true culture cultivator who's keeping everything she's doing on the up and up, right? Yeah. Um, a little bit of insight. She is the owner and founder of the Emerging Wise Words Therapy platform and service. Um, she's also a professional therapist um, and wellness professional, um, really, um, who's trying to do the work to tackle mental health um, in her own very tailored approach, right? Mm-hmm. I think everybody has their own unique way in which they can contribute, right, yeah. to, to the many causes out here. And I think she's definitely doing that in her own unique way. Um, and whether it's, you know, day-to-day therapy work um, that she does with individuals or families, um, she's definitely using her platform to, to end the stigma, right, um, that surrounds the topic and work of mental health. And you know, we're super excited. We're honored. We're finally, we finally locked it in. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, timing is right, but we're super excited. We're super honored. So without further get further ado, let's just get straight to it. Our guest is none other than the amazing and uplifting force herself, Natre Brown. Can we get a round of applause? Right? Yeah. Right. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad we, like you said, finally locked it in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Time is right. I always say like long overdue, but right on time. Right. Yeah. Right. Always right on time. Always right on time. How you doing? How's the day going? Feeling it's good? It's going pretty good. You know, I uh, was just telling Erm I had to kind of maneuver some things today to make sure I was caring for my child and mm. working at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling like super mom right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. But you know, there we're, we go. we're here. We're here. We're here. Yeah. We're, we're so. blessed to be here. Um, so I don't know how familiar you are with the show, but we always start every episode with the quote of the day. Something to get the vibe right, get the convo started. Uh, bro- brother man, Erm, man of the quotes. What you got for us, man? All right, man. The quote of the day today is conformity is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. Mm. Yeah. Who was that quote by? Uh, John F. Kennedy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Don't be running back. I like that. I was going to ask. I wasn't even going to ask you to run it back. But go ahead. Run it back. 
right. So the quote is conformity. Conformity is the jailer of freedom and the enemy of growth. Mm. So yeah, man. You know, strive to grow. Don't yeah. Be too comfortable. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to that quote. Mm. For sure. For sure. I think um yeah, it's kinda like your actions yeah. can, can can help or hurt you. Yeah. Same action. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just how you how you how you view it. Yeah. Complacency. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so Natri, obviously we um we're we're really focused on like storytelling, mm-hmm. getting into people's journeys. That's normally what we do, but um, before we kind of get into your journey, I'm definitely curious just kind of knowing, like, the journey you've already been on, the work you've been on. You're just talking about being super mom, right, uh, being a new, you know, newly mom and, and, like, all that. Like, how would you describe kind of the current chapter you're in right now? Um, Ooh. Yeah. You, can, you could talk question. a little closer to the mic, too. That's a big want. question. Um, I would say my current chapter right now, man, it's like a mix of humility mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. growth. Mm. And I feel like they're both exponentially growing at the same time. Mm. And that's a really, really uh, interesting place to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you were talking about being a super mom. I have a seven-month-old, mm. soon to be eight months. That journey within itself is yeah. just crazy. Like, yeah, didn't really picture myself, you know, being a mom right now. Yeah. But, like, yeah. we talked about timing. The timing is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, trying to just grow in my business. Yeah. You know, continue to grow in who I am and all of that. And, yeah. yeah, but being humble in the place that I've been placed in right now, mm. you know, knowing that I have to be a mom right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. um, which means that sometimes all the things I want to do, I got to put it on the back burner. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I she comes first. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So I'm 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 there. I'm feeling humble in that yeah. place, but also I'm like, all right, we got to keep it moving. Yeah. We got to keep growing. We got to you know keep going up. So yeah, yeah. I like yeah. I like how you said like humility and growth mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying. But they both grow you, but they, they kind of take True. you to the same direction. I feel like, True. yeah, you know I mean? yeah, definitely. So um, let's take it back. Let's talk about your upbringing. Um, where you're from? Just growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I was born and raised in Seattle in mm. the Central District mm-hmm. um, on Cherry Street, <laughs> where the old Capish Corner was. Okay. And, you know, yeah. right up there. You paint the picture for us right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I can literally picture walking, you know, to Capish Corner every Friday. Um, I grew up in my great grandparents' home. And every Friday, they wanted catfish corner. Mm-hmm. So we had to walk down to catfish corner. They had the same order, a whole catfish, hush puppies and green. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so that's how I grew up. You know, mm-hmm. I had family members that lived right, literally across the street and next door to me. We would walk, walk to each other's houses. Mm-hmm. That's when it was safe to do that. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know about now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just a community. You know, So I grew up in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Leshye. Let me take it back. I went to Zion mm-hmm. and then Leshi. I uh, went to Washington Middle School, went to Garfield High School. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like I've just been in Seattle majority of my life. Yeah. Um, I ended up going to um, school in Georgia, uh, Virginia mm-hmm. at George Mason University. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, where I got a track scholarship um, for doing triple jump. Um, I always knew that I wanted to go to school in the East Coast. Okay. And opportunity came up yeah wanted to yeah me a scholarship and i'm like yeah Absolutely. no, no that's, that's, that's dope <laughs> i didn't sure. i actually didn't know you did track yeah. but um I, i'm curious kind of like if you just kind of go back right mm-hmm. to be like the early life the yeah. early upbringing um can you look back now and kind of find like seeds that were planted that 
kind of connect or grew into what you're kind of doing now, the work you're doing now? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's really an interesting, like, thing. So I was in, like, AP classes, honors classes really early on. And for me, that didn't – it was just kind of embedded in me, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. My parents always made sure, you know, I was doing the things I needed to yeah. be doing. Yeah, staying on track, <laughs> To right? say the least. Um, so that never felt like a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. But my peers, my friends would always come to me, you know, for advice about things and, you know, want to be interested in what I was doing mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Um, and so now that I look back on it, mm-hmm. it definitely has planted a lot of seeds into you know, where I am now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I haven't run track since I was five. So okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that planted a huge Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely, seed. definitely. Um, but yeah, I would. Yeah, I feel like there's, especially like being an athlete young, mm-hmm. it's like, you kind of learn certain just discipline. Oh, yeah. Like certain just habits, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, that you probably don't realize, but it's going to translate to whatever you want to do in the future. So. Yep, yep. No, that's dope. Um, So you kind of talked about it already. So you you went to uh, George Mason, mm-hmm. right? Um, And then you also studied after that. You studied um, at um, – Seattle U. Remind me. Okay, Seattle U, yep. yeah. Okay, so I bring that up because I just feel like everybody's college experience is – theirs you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's unique <laughs> even if, you know you made it in and you got out but it's like what happened in between that time is your experience but like how would you describe your college experience and like what it kind of what takeaways you, you can have from those yeah. man i remember people always saying oh you're going to you know college to be an athlete you're not going to have the real college experience mm-hmm. you know and all of that i'm like enjoy myself i don't mm-hmm. know what yeah. y'all were doing <laughs> yeah. but um it was it was great it was great. Being at George Mason actually reminded me a lot of Seattle. Mm. It was a melting pot. There were a lot of different cultures, ethnicities, all of that. So I felt already, I felt, you know, at home mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. much. And then just kind of being thrown into a track team, you don't really have a choice but to call them your family. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. um, I felt comfortable right away. Um, I, I did all the college stuff. I went to parties. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, I had a good time. Yeah. Like, I did my thing. Um and I wanted to make sure that I did that because I know that it can't be all-consuming to be a student athlete. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure I still, you know, found time to go to parties. Half the time I really didn't feel like it because yeah. I was so tired yeah. and, yeah. you know, yeah. so much going on. But I made sure I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I created that experience mm. for myself and made sure that I um, partake yeah. in those things. Yeah. Um, but it was great. I've built amazing relationships. You know, with my friends in college, we mm-hmm. all still talk mm-hmm. to this day, mm-hmm. spread across the U.S. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can not talk to them for months mm-hmm. and pick up the phone. We can pick right back up where we left yeah. off. You yeah. know, like, we're, we're close. We're all close. Um, and you go through some crazy stuff in college. Yes. Oh, yeah. So the people <laughs> that are, you know, there for you during mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. They're going to be in your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. For the big stuff, the small stuff, yeah. you know. Um, so I was just really, like, blessed to be able to have my friends who are who I consider family, you know, to be able to be there for me and um, not just being there now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm always asked that question um, for those who have went through that experience on mm-hmm. our show, just because, you know, you could hear a lot of the narrative now where kids are probably not thinking college is necessary or mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they, they have a point in some cases. But I just there's a lot of you said relationships, which stuck out to me. I think a lot of the things that you learn while you're in school is like kind of like more human skills, mm-hmm. you know, personal skills, character yeah. development type things that oh, yeah. 
you know, you you have to be on your own to learn that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I couldn't tell you one educational thing I learned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot of life skills. Yes. <laughs> like that's for sure. Yes. Yes. And then being across the country, you got to be. It was a feast. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I couldn't important. just fly home when I wanted to. Yeah. Not even for your holidays. By the time you fly all the way from Virginia to Washington, like yeah. your break is halfway over. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. For real. So um, I know you touched on it a little bit, but for like anybody that's probably in college right now, mm-hmm. um, like how did you prioritize and like balance like like being an athlete, you know, and then going to school and then, you know, like enjoying your like me time. You know what I mean? Or I like your, your every day. Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel yeah. like I was just thrown into it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't really have a choice because you know, well, I should say for me, I knew it was important for me to get good grades. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that, you know, it was also important for me to perform well in track. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was important for me to have healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't tell you how I did it. Yeah. I mean, I use a planner. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a planner. I'm always writing stuff down. Um yeah, yeah, I you mean, just gotta go just, through it, bro. Yeah, you just, just gotta, gotta go through it. Yeah, it's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah. yeah to I'm not gonna lie, I couldn't tell you either. Yeah, but you know, I'm just, yeah. Yeah, just curious. Yeah. Some things are just hard to give advice on, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like that's how I went through it. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know everlasting though, because yeah. I feel like I use those same tools even now. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, like the tools I learned how to, you know, yeah. how to manage things in college, how to pivot when things don't go your way. It's like, damn, I can't quit, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do, you know. Um. That's good. So I am curious. Obviously, we all don't go to school for no reason, right? We go to school to um, learn and and kind of develop ourselves to be able to go into the working world and provide our skill sets. But for you, I'm curious, like, what came first for you? Was it the profession and the field that you wanted to study? Or was it like the why and like the, the greater mission? Like, I always feel like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you go into something because you know that you can get something from it. And then sometimes you're moved go to something like how, how would you describe that um I feel like I knew what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um and like the purpose of it so I feel like the purpose came first mm-hmm. and then I kind of had to explore the path of getting there got it um got it. like I kind of talked about with growing up I was always the person that my friends would come to like for advice mm-hmm. you know and so that kind of I was like oh <laughs> maybe I do yeah. maybe I do give good yeah. advice there we go, <laughs> there we go. um <laughs> But then more so, I just started thinking about, like, why do people, you know, behave the way they do? Why do people, you know, mm-hmm. do the things that they do? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, me wanting to learn more about that mm-hmm. kind of took me in the direction that I wanted to go. And then I had to kind of figure out my path from there. Mm. It's more natural. More natural. Yeah. More natural, but then the natural meets the practical. Because obviously, you know, you got to take some practical steps. Um, so let's talk about it. I'm curious because, you know, no, nobody just goes into being a therapist or goes into the, the wellness space um, not really wanting to do it, you know, like you got to, cause it's a real responsibility. Um, but w- what would you say like were, were some early lessons for you when you first got into the field um, that you wish you would have known when you first came in, like someone would have told you yeah. if there are some things. Oh man. I feel like one of the, the bigger things, and this is something I tell people all the time <laughs> is like, really think about your path and what you want to do. Cause a lot of times the things that you study undergrad, it, like if you plan on getting like a master's degree or anything, it doesn't matter. Mm, <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you study undergrad. Mm-hmm. And I say that because 
I went into my undergrad thinking like, oh, I want to, you know, be a therapist. Mm -hmm. I have to study the brain. Mm -hmm. And no one told me I didn't. They were just like, oh, yeah. probably they just thought it was cool. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. go do that. Yeah. Um, and so I took my my major that I started off with was neuroscience. Mm -hmm. And it was super interesting. I loved it. But I just didn't have the time to really invest in it and study the way that I needed to yeah. in mm. order to like really grasp everything I needed to. Mm. Um, so I ended up switching my major, actually my senior year, <laughs> which is crazy, um, actually my senior year to psychology. But since I had already completed pretty much the neuroscience degree, they were like, okay, you can make that your minor. You pretty much have already um, completed a lot of the psychology, you know, courses yeah. already. Anyway. Yeah. So it worked out. But if I would have known going in mm -hmm. that I didn't even need to study neuroscience, yeah. I would have made it a lot easier yeah. on myself undergrad so yeah. I could have, you know, spent more of that time yeah. my master's program yeah. like really invested. Like getting an experience yeah. early on, yeah. So I feel like that lesson is more of a general thing. Like you don't have to study the thing that you necessarily want to go into yeah. when you get your, you know, master's. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's good. So that lesson and then also there's several paths to get to where Mm, yeah. There's several paths to get to where you want to go. Mm. So, yeah. So yeah. speaking of paths, yeah. Um, what was the internship experience like for you? Oh man, my internship experience was great. Yeah. Um, I so at Seattle U, you basically um go through like an interview process and everything, mm. and then they hook you up with um. There's two different placements. So the first one is like a generalist practice. Mm. Um, so that may not be necessarily what you specifically want to go into, mm -hmm. but it's just a way to get experience. Gotcha. Um, so I did my first internship at Pregnancy and Parenting Support with Catholic Community Services. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was really cool. I worked with people of all like ethnicities and cultures, mm -hmm. and we just did like intakes. I actually conducted a parenting group, which was crazy because I wasn't a parent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it was just good to meet people and yeah. just kind of learn, like, how that process works. Yeah, like, actually connecting with people. Absolutely. A lot of times that's, like, you know, it's half the battle, and that's yeah. what you do. And um, I am curious, like, showing up and doing the job, like, what what, what would you say, like, when, when did you feel like you kind of arrived? And, and maybe you feel like you still have more to do. Obviously, we all have more to do, but, like, when did you feel like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm here now? Like, yeah. Because I, I, I feel like for me, I don't really know for the listeners and audience members mm -hmm. who are interested in like what it's like to be a therapist. Um, kind of kind of take us through that if you can. I feel like there were two moments. Um, the first one, kind of thinking back to what you asked about the internship. My second year, I did my internship at um, Odessa Brown Children's Clinic. Mm -hmm. And that's when we were in the city. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I remember I did half like medical social work. And then the other half was, like, mental health work, so behavioral mm -hmm. health work. Mm -hmm. And I went into a room um, when I was doing the medical social work, and I was talking to a new mom, and she was just, like, just having a lot of feelings about being a new mom and just all the things that were going on. And she broke down in, that, in the room. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, I've never had, like, a black social worker, you know, or someone who I feel like could actually relate to me. Yeah. And that moment right there, I was just like, okay. Like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it, it was so emotional. Like, yeah. even thinking back, I'm like, dang, like that, you know, pulled yeah. on my heartstrings. For yeah. Real. Yeah. Um, so definitely that moment. Yeah. And then kind of moving into more of the, of the business stuff, yeah. I feel like once I finally got, like, my first, like, client. Yep. I was like, 
wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only did I go through the, the business part, yeah. you know, of creating, you know, the, the business, mm-hmm. but now I'm actually doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually have someone who trusts me enough yeah. to provide mental health therapy for. Yeah. yeah. Like that was. Yeah. yeah. And you don't forget those. Yeah, you never forget those moments because it's important, you know, like the work is the work. You're going to do the work, but it's also kind of gauging like what these moments are. You know, uh, someone called it like what they call it, micro. It's micro wins, but they had another word for it. But it's like micro wins, essentially, like you got to count those micro wins along the way. Um, Now, you you did touch on it, starting the business and the service, Mm -hmm. Wise Works Therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Like what sparked that idea? For you, like, if you can take um, this thing. So I literally was just thinking, like, okay, I got to come up with a name for this mm-hmm. business. Like, what am I going to do? And I promise you, I had a table probably, like, maybe half the size, mm-hmm. and I literally cut out different words. Like, I wrote words on um, index cards, mm-hmm. and I asked my friends and, you know, close family, like, if you had to describe me, like, as a person to you, like, you know, what, what, what would you say? Mm-hmm. Um, Because I really wanted to, like, encompass, like, who I am as a person Mm -hmm. when providing a service. Um, Of course, I wanted something creative and unique, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I literally had, like, sticky notes everywhere. I was cutting them up, like, Mm -hmm. putting just different words together. And I was like, for some reason, that just clicked. Like, it just stuck with me. And I was like, I think I'll go with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the majority of the feedback I got was that people were, you know, saying I give good advice. Which, you know, in the therapy world, it's like... That's what people typically want to come to you for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. For um, sure. So it's like, well, there's magic words. Yeah. But the bigger part of that is I really want people to understand why, you know, they feel the way they feel, why they do the things they do, mm-hmm. um, and really understanding themselves and what's yeah. inside of them. Yeah. So the wise part, you know, is W H Y. I get wise. it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's how that came. Um, yeah, it yeah. was a cool yeah. process. Though. No, that was a dope play on words, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's, 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 okay. it's, yeah. it's great. And I'm also like, I'm curious, like, because, w- you know, there's people who may be watching and listening who want to get into the field you're in. Um, what is that like? To Like, obviously, the work in being a therapist is one thing, but then, like, to kind of build your own practice. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have advice and tips for people on, like, kind of what some, like, how to kind of enter that phase? I do. <laughs> and the reason why I, I feel this way is because no one told me this. I had yeah. to figure it out literally by myself. Okay. Um. So story time. I was at Catholic. I mean, I was. Um. I just started my first job actually after graduating, and everybody that was there was in the same position that I was, mm-hmm. and they were all leaving, mm-hmm. and they were saying, "I'm going to start my own practice." Mm. And I'm confused because what we got told in school was you have to be licensed, like fully licensed first, and then you have to like be a therapist for all these years before you can even open a practice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, they're leaving, <laughs> and they're starting a practice. Yeah. But we're literally in the same position. Yeah. Somebody's not telling me something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm missing something. Yeah, yeah. I'm missing yeah. something. Yeah. Literally, that was my thought, and I thought about this for like weeks. I'm like, I'm there's something I'm missing. So I just started doing research. You know, come to find out. I could start my own practice. Mm. You just have to be under supervision of someone who is fully licensed mm. to be able to, like, you know, supervise yeah. your business. Yeah. Um, and so I went through a lot of just interpersonal things, like, am I ready? Like, mm-hmm. can I really do this? Mm-hmm. Are people going to trust me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of that. And, well, you don't know unless you, unless you try. <laughs> try. Unless yeah. you I love it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, just kind of went through the the business aspects yeah. of that and, and got here. Yo, that's not to cut you off, but no, that's a good. major message out there for people because I say this all the time. I feel like, especially in our communities, black, brown, you know, underrepresented, it's like there's so much like um, we're missing in terms of information. You know, and a lot of times, like, we already got the magic. We've been doing the work, but it's like sometimes we're just missing, like, certain certain little things, right? Certain yeah. little informational tips and, like, certain things that we just didn't know were possible or, or, or existed or certain – they call them loopholes, but they're not really loopholes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just gatekept. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and, and it exists in every industry. It exists in government. It, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a lot of times we we do have to do the research, like you said, and – it can save us a lot of time, a lot of stress, you know, and it can set us on our path a lot quicker. That's real. Yeah. So, um, like, going into therapy, like, if somebody, let's say I was trying to go look for a therapist, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, how do I find the right therapist, or what should I be looking for? Mm-hmm. What would you tell me? Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's like a lot of platforms out there where you can do, like, therapy searches. Yeah. Um, Psychology Today is a really big one. Like, they have just... A lot of therapists are on there. You can find therapists, wellness coaches, like all of that on there. Mm-hmm. And you can do filters, um, oh, okay. like filtering out exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, therapy for black girls, that's another one. Um, and really, when you're looking at trying to find a therapist, it's really just about doing your research, you know, having consultations with different people to figure out who you feel comfortable with. Because at mm. the end of the day, it is a relationship. Yeah, you that's know? right. And you yeah. have to, the person receiving the service needs to feel comfortable enough to share yeah. exactly what's going on. That's right. Because your therapist is only going to treat what you tell them. I mean, yeah. if you tell them a yeah. lie and you're not comfortable talking to them, like, mm. you're not going to get it. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good point. And then at the same time, the therapist needs to feel comfortable and feel like you're a good fit for them, too. Mm. Um. So you know, starting at those different platforms, and then from there, just kind of doing interviews. Yeah. You know, um, and when you're doing these interviews, asking questions about things that are just important to you. Yeah. Um, and then from there. Yeah. Finding somebody that you can you feel like you can build a relationship with. Yeah. Day. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's like half the battle. You know, why a lot of people don't do it. So I'm like, man, like you know, I just had to ask that because I'm like. I feel like a lot of people need to hear this. That's a great. Like that's right a great now, question. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a question a lot of people have in their heads where they're like, "Yeah, am I ready?" But then wait, I don't really know what to ask. Like how? Do, like how do I? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things where there's just a gap of like back to information, and um, I am curious as well. Just kind of, the, I feel like the era we're in. I think we're in a way better place now than we probably once were. Right? Um, you know, there's a lot of like just a lot of energy that's going towards like healing and um, you know, there's just a lot of people who are pushing that message now and it's becoming more normalized what I'm saying. Um, but from your perspective, for someone who's actually in the field, like the difference between the idea of healing and like the actual work of healing. Cause I feel like there's like two people see it and they think they're healing, but like, are they really healing? Mm-hmm. Like, can you describe that from your perspective? Like what the work really is mm-hmm. and then like why people should <laughs> really look at it like, yo, this is real work. It is real work. I think about it like this, and I feel like this is the part that's missing a lot of times. Um, mental health is health. Mm-hmm. So if you're putting in work to go to the doctor and figure out what's going on with your leg, <laughs> yeah. if you're putting in the work to figure out what's going on with the headaches that you're having every day, mm-hmm. why not put in the work to figure out 
why you're feeling the way you're feeling, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like once people get to that point, actually realize like they're taking care of their health mm-hmm. when they, you know, take care of their mental health, that's half the battle, but a good part of the battle. Yeah. Um, and the other part is what I touched on too, of being honest. Yeah. You know, your therapist is only going to treat what you tell them. Yeah. They don't see you outside of your session with them, mm. you know? We don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We only know what you tell us. Mm. We can infer on something, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. but we don't really know. So the other part of the battle is being honest, mm. you know. And I think the part that I that people really get afraid of, afraid of, and why they end therapy is that things sometimes, a lot of times, get worse before they get better. Mm. When you see your therapist, you're talking about real sensitive stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about the way you've been feeling for maybe the past ten years mm-hmm. that you never talked to anybody else about. That's real. A lot is gonna come out. Yeah, you're gonna feel worse before you feel better. Yeah, but that can be scary. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm already feeling. I'm coming to you because I'm feeling bad. Yeah. Now you're telling me all this stuff. I'm trying to, to get feel here. Worse. I got. Yeah. <laughs> you're telling me I gotta go yeah. backwards to get forward. But that's the worst. That's, that's the wow. Word. That's actually a great way to to describe it because mm-hmm. I think yeah people need to hear this because it's like you know we live in a very convenient world where everything everything is instant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And some things just are what they are and this is one of them like you know like it's gonna get worse before it gets better um for the better for real that's a great point so um i was on your website Mm -hmm. and i know you said you're trying to end the stigma on mental health Mm -hmm. um i guess in your words what's that stigma and how are you trying to like end it yeah um so the stigma is that people of color specifically african-americans don't like to go to therapy yeah and it goes back to slavery, honestly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah. know, people were told to pray about it. If they had any type of issues going on, it's like, what do you do? Pray about it. Go mm-hmm. to church. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Mm-hmm. But also, you're dealing with real real things. You're dealing with real emotions. Yeah. Um, and a lot of a lot of the the clients that I see and people that I talk to just about their mental health journey and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, they're always like, Yeah, like you know, if I told anybody in my family that I was depressed or, you know, I have anxiety, they would think I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's real. Also, back in the day, what happened, you went to, like, literally a mental institution if you said anything about yeah. feeling the way you felt. Yeah. That carries on, gener- you know, down yeah. generations. We're still dealing with it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. We're yeah. in a way better place because, mm-hmm. like, I even watched, like, you know, I, I watched, like, tons of, like, 90s reruns and sitcoms and, like, there's like so much like lighthearted just jokes about people who, like you know what I'm saying about um, psychology and like mental health and all that. you you know what I'm talking about yeah. like you see it and they're like clowning people for like taking this stuff seriously so we've came a long way but yeah still a lot of work to do still yeah a lot of work to do and kind of the answer to the second part you know of the question um, I believe that. One of the biggest battles is being able to walk into a room with a therapist that looks like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, that can maybe not even fully relate to you, but may know some of the things that you're you're going through. Yeah. You know, or have experience in your life. Things you don't have to explain to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. already yeah. kind of understood. Yeah. And that's not to say that everybody's situation is the same or story mm-hmm. is the same just because you're black, you know, yeah. but yeah. there are things that mm-hmm. are common. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, I think that one of the other things that I try to do, you know, when I show up for my appointments with my clients 
is I like to, you know, like dress pretty chill. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm professional yeah. and that sort of thing, but I like to dress pretty chill. You know, have that approach to therapy where it doesn't have to be this like, you know, pure room with a, mm-hmm. you know, couch and chair and you have yeah. to talk about your coping skills yeah. and like breathe yeah. and take a deep breath in and breathe yeah. out. We do that, but yeah. also like we're going to talk about what's really going on yeah. Yeah. and you're going to feel comfortable. Yeah. Um. So That's I feel true. like I try to do that in a way of, you know, just making people feel like they actually can talk about what's really going on. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's real work on your end as well, mm-hmm. and, and there and clients and people who come up. Um, I remember we had Ashley McGirt on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to her, she's dope. Yes, killing it. And um, one thing I, I remember, I remember asking her, I was like, "Yo, like, how do you kind of not get so attached to your clients? You know, like, if you know when they leave the room, they leave the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if they don't do the stuff that y'all talked about, then can't really do nothing about it. But like. How do you deal with like, because, you know, we want to do well. We want to like perform well. And sometimes performing well means we have to be kind of a little bit obsessed or attached to the thing that we're doing. But in your case, um, it seems like, you know, it's a little different. But how would you describe that? Yeah, it's a work in progress every day. Okay. You know, and I feel like there's there are days and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm off work. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but there's other days where it's like, man, like this is really sitting with me, yeah. you know, and we're, we're trained to like have supervisors that we talk to mm-hmm. and um, have our own therapists that we talk to about mm-hmm. things to really just kind of let that, let that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other tools that I learned and I use this a lot is on my commute home from work. Um, whenever I see a bus stop, I drop my clients off at the bus stop. Mm. And for me, that's kind of like, you know, We've had our, our session, we've done our thing, but when I get home, I need to be able to mm. do what I need to do at home and Got be you. fully present, you know, for my family. Yeah. Um, and that was the tool that I learned, and it, it's crazy because it works. <laughs> it works. Yeah. It definitely yeah. works. Um, I like that. But, you know, it's a work in progress. Yeah, day. yeah. It really is. I'm sure it is. It's not a, like yeah. a, you, you're, like it's supposed to be, though, mm-hmm. right? Because everything is different. Everybody's different, but. Yeah. Um, I, I always think about that, too. Like yeah. for therapists, I'm mm-hmm. like, like today, how you're like, you've had appointments back to yep. back to back sessions or whatever, you know? So then I'm like, dang, like, how do you, because I'm pretty sure it could get pretty heavy, you know what I mean? Like that whole day. So I was just like, damn, I wonder how therapists like decompress and kind of yeah. like, you know, let that go. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. 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 That's important. Um, I'm also curious. Um, I think a heavy topic, we were even talking about this before the show, just mm-hmm. kind of like, obviously there's a stigma around mental health, but mm-hmm. then talking about men's mental health was something we were just talking about. And like, how do you feel we can encourage more men to lean into healing and therapy? Because I feel like, um, I think it's hard for everybody to be honest, but I do think there is something with men that like, um, makes it a little more of a challenge mm-hmm. than it has to be. But like yeah. from your, from your viewpoint, how would you kind of yeah. see that? Or? I don't know. I kind of feel like it has to do with like the women that are in your life. <laughs> Mm. And that can be mom, auntie, you know, whatever. But I think that um, being able to have that encouragement and, like, I have heard that, like, men don't feel comfortable talking about their feelings partly because other women in their life have made them feel like they can't. Mm. And I think that that's so powerful because it's like you're supposed to be able to talk about how you feel. You're supposed to be able to go to anybody, really, and talk about how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. and so I feel like that's a big a big part. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there's not a lot, uh, not enough black male 
therapist yep. out there. Yeah, I, hear like, that. I hear that. I hear that a lot. <laughs> you know, too. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a man, so I don't know how yeah. y'all would feel of, you know, going to therapy and talking to a woman. Like, maybe you might feel like she can't relate, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But yeah. I feel like that's a huge part, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to have more black male therapists, mm-hmm. more male therapists in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. They just kind of share that that load, you know? Yeah. Um. And if you if they can see if you all can see someone else in in that space being vulnerable, yeah, you know, willing to talk to you about yeah. um, how you're feeling mm-hmm. and those those really deep things, then maybe there's a possibility. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You open up. I don't yeah. know what you guys think. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's funny because I, I remember asking Ashley that question. She was like, "This is it, having you guys and having yeah. men yeah. talk about it." Like a lot of times, it is the baby steps, you know, and. Um, it really like you know they'd be like oh it's a man's world but it's like yeah but when it comes to this it's like yeah it's not really like you got to kind of ease your way into it but I I think what you said is true I think you know maybe some men don't aren't surrounded by those type of women that you that you speak of or it's just them and like the homies or they're mm-hmm. just around so it's like you're kind of um like a product of like your environment or what you're around so um. Yeah, it's not easy, but I I think I do I just think it's like you got to do it in whatever way is comfortable, mm-hmm. you know. It's not supposed to be like a one size fits all, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately it's really just I think just finding safe spaces because I think that's what it boils down to. A lot of times it's like you just want to be in a safe space and yeah. to be able to express. Mm-hmm. I think it's two way street. I think it's like the demand has to be there too. Like a lot of us need to come out and say, man, we we need somebody to talk to because then. That's how a lot of problems are solved when there's like, like if there's a high demand of us saying, yo, we've been through a lot of stuff. We got to figure this out. I don't know how to unpack this or whatever. And I feel like a lot of people or men will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go help or I'm going to, you know, start, start something to where it'd be more accessible for like black men to be therapists or be like, oh, we need to do this for like our fellow brothers. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think it's a two way street. It just kind of got to like, you know. Yeah, I I'm also thinking about now that you said that I'm kind of thinking about like therapy, but in different forms. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if it's a peer group. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yeah, exactly. Or it's just I don't know men that come together to talk yeah. about how they're feeling. Yeah, like that yeah. might feel more comfortable than like sitting and talking to a therapist. Yeah. You know, yeah. until you kind of figure out what's really going yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And it's just timing too. You know what yeah. I mean? I th- I do I do I think it's like um. It needs to be increased, like just the normalization of men taking mental health seriously and mm-hmm. just being more expressive and open about how they feel um, when they feel safe to do so. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you got to keep it real. Like you know, there's a reason why a lot of them don't, or a lot of us don't, is because you know a lot of times they don't feel like they're going to be understood or whatever the case is. So, um, but I do think, um, yeah, I, I just, I just think it's just, it's just like day by day, just trying to contribute to it. You know, I did have another thought, but I lost my train of thought. I was like, <laughs> I was like thinking about like three things at once, but yeah, yeah, yeah no. Um, but yeah, um, now I, I am curious about, you kind of touched on it, like, and you touched on it too, how, you know, therapists do have their own therapists and they do need to take time for themselves. But for you, what does that look like for you? Like, what is um, the balance? You yeah. talked about being super mom, but like, how do you make sure that you're intact to show up? Because it's about, I mean, we still got to show up every day and do our job, be professional, but it's how you show up and, you know, how do you, how do you make sure you show up? Man, I feel like I'm redefining that right now in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, 
Um, still trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I usually get into like a groove and then you got to remind yourself to get, you know, back into that. Yeah. Um, but I will say something that is really essential is taking time off and not feeling bad about it. Mm. Resting and not feeling yeah, bad about that's it. That's hard. Mm-hmm. It is very hard. Yeah. Like, and I'm somebody who, like I said, I ran, ran track since I was five. I was in like five other sports activities. Like I never had downtime. Yeah. I was literally on the go. Academics was stressed heavily in yeah, my house, yeah. like all of that. So it's so hard now as an adult to remember to take time mm. to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, rest is productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy how much of a mental reset you can get just by taking like one day off. That's so mm-hmm. true. Like, one yeah. day off can that's, really change. That's like, so true. You know, yeah. so when I feel myself getting to that point, you know, with my clients, where I'm like, I'm just not there. Like I'm mm-hmm. just not there. Mm-hmm. I need to take some time off. Yeah. You know, sometimes it looks like a day. Sometimes it looks like a vacation. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah. I can, I think I'm good at recognizing that in myself, like knowing when I'm, yeah, I need to, you know, take that break. Yeah. Doing that. That's good. Yeah. That's I think good. that's important because a lot of people don't recognize it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll be like, man, I'm not doing enough. I need to go harder. Mm-hmm. You know, so they never take that break. So I think, I think that's important to like actually recognize it. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's crazy. It just means like, you gotta get out of your own way sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. That's what I think. That's what I get. That's what I get from that. And um, yeah, that's real. Um, my train of thought came back. So, it, <laughs> uh, um, you talked about different forms of therapy, mm-hmm. and I do think that's what I was trying to get at. Was like, it doesn't have to be one way. Um, a lot of times it's music, right? It can be like watching a certain show. Like, I just think. That's that should be encouraged as well, so people don't feel like I have to do it this way that everybody says I have to do it. Mm-hmm. I do think um, we should be discussing how we got to be more innovative with mental health, right? Don't you think? For sure. As time moves, the world changes. I think innovation is important. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's not used enough is group therapy. Mm. I know a lot of therapists, including myself, that do it, but it's just not something that you know, people engage in a lot. Mm, I feel yeah. like there's so much power in group therapy. Yeah. Like, talk having someone else in a room with you that is experiencing very similar things, like, mm-hmm. that's big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And sometimes you get more out of just talking to other people that are going through the same thing than you would with talking to a therapist. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's real. Definitely yeah. be creative. I love that. So, um, like, with therapy, mm-hmm. um, a lot of us – I guess, um, I wouldn't say wait, but we go to therapy like when we're older, you know what I mean? And then we kind of like go back and figure out why we're, we do things a certain way or why are we the way we are or whatever. But so I guess my question is, is there like an age limit on therapy or is it like it's never too <laughs> early to start, right? Um, it's never too early to start. Yeah. It's never too late. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> not okay. an age limit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I or the earlier the better, mm-hmm. for sure, because you can start getting that you know those tools under your belt early. You can yeah. start learning how you are early and be able to grow into that you know mm-hmm. into your adulthood. Um, so I'm a high advocate for early intervention gotcha. for sure. Gotcha. But there's not an age limit. Yeah. Because um, there's things all the way from like play therapy with like really young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's super powerful. Yeah. You can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, no yeah. age limit. Yeah, I bring that up because I seen that on your site too. Yeah. And I was like, huh? I was like, damn, I never thought of that. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah. yeah. I also mm-hmm. feel like it's like people are like, man, I haven't lived enough. 
Mm. I still got more living to do. It's like, then, they, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's weird. Like, you're like, no, I got to live first. Then I'm see what happens, you know? Yeah. So, but that's true. I do think the earlier, the better. Um, but again, I do think we're in a way better space now. Like, kids, kids now know, like, okay, this is normal. This is important. And, you know, I think that's what, that's all you really want is like making the next generation better, you know? And what we do now is, is how we do that. Um, yeah, I'm also curious, just kind of like, if you can kind of give some advice and tips, like what it means to be in that role. Cause I do think like sometimes like it's not a job, like, you know, it's really a role. Um, it's kind of like an honor to be someone who's in a space and contributing to like something that's really needed. You know, a lot of times people are so fixated on like their job is their identity and all that. It's like, nah, like this is really me. And this is me in this space mm -hmm. being me. Like, so like how, what, what is some advice that you would have for people who want to come in, but also understanding like is a greater purpose behind it. Like uh, for clients? Yeah. Or no, for therapists. I think aspiring okay. therapists. Yeah. yeah. Man, I feel like just just being true to who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, there's somebody out there that is going to feel like, you know, you're going to be a trustworthy therapist for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, just being true to who you are. You know, just the values that you have in your life, like setting that, bringing that into your therapy world, too. Mm -hmm. um, that's really it. Yeah. That's really it. Be you. Be you. Be you. Yeah, nobody's perfect either. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, so, man, this has been great. This has been definitely really uplifting. Um, I am curious, though. We always ask guests this question. I'm just curious. Like, what do you, what is kind of like your future outlook? Like, I'm a big manifester on. I just, I be saying stuff. Oh, like, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But, like, for you, like, are there things like it could even be near mm -hmm. or long term? Are, are there things that you're excited about for the future? Uh, for sure. Excited about, nervous about. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um, but you know, wise words is is on the come up. Mm -hmm. On the come up. Um, we could be looking for some expansion mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that yeah. put that there. Okay. Uh, but I'm definitely excited. Yeah. Um, I'm continuing to do like pop up events where, um, just advocating for mental health. Mm. Um, signing people up for therapy, like just right there in person. Mm. Um, That's dope. And yeah. I also am selling some journals too. So okay. <laughs> I'll have that um, at the next pop up event in Tacoma. Okay. Where's that? Give people. It's um, the Black Night Market. Okay. Um, September 29th. Um, yeah. So excited for that. Pull up on excited her. For that. Pull, up. Pull, up, yeah. pull up on her. Yeah. For real. Now we're excited for you. I think, yeah, I like how you just said things are coming. Just know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so where can people find you, like on social media, if they want to get in contact with mm. you or maybe want to reach out to you as a, you know, potential therapist? Yep. Um, Instagram at Wise Words. That's W-H-Y-S, not the regular Wise. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, words Therapy. So Wise Words Therapy on Instagram and Facebook. Mm. Um, and then website is www.wisewordstherapy.com. Mm. And you can reach me um, there. Um in a contact form, yeah. set up a consultation, free consultation, mm. whatever you feel like you're ready for yeah. in that moment. Or just yeah. explore the website more, explore yeah. the, the Instagram more. But yeah, I'm looking to connect. Yes. Um, yes. Looking to make a difference. So. Nah, you are you already yeah. are making a difference. So yeah. it's gonna make it more of a difference. You know? Um wow, that's this has been amazing. So we always ask every guest this question. 
uh, to wrap things up. Um, so if you can, what is one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why? Mm. That's a good question. Um, I would say genuine. Mm. Is genuinity a word? I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say genuine. Um, but before I get into why I'm saying that, I want you guys to tell me what you, when you hear the word genuine, what do you think of? Like sincere. Okay. Yeah. Um, honest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I ask that because I feel like a lot of people, when they hear that word, they think of like being nice, mm. you know? Um, and I feel like me being a genuine person comes up in my personal life, you know, and in my professional world. Mm -hmm. I am a very genuine person. And that means that I'm going to hold you accountable <laughs> for yeah. yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold you accountable for the way you live. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold myself accountable for those things. Mm -hmm. And I bring that into my therapy world, too, with my clients. You know, I always tell my clients, I, I only see you for an hour, you know, once a week. Sometimes every other week. Mm -hmm. You have yeah. so much world outside of me mm -hmm. you know hold yourself accountable mm -hmm. and it doesn't always come off as me being nice mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard yeah to hear the advice that i give or the things i have to say but i feel like that keeps me going that keeps me thriving and that mm -hmm. makes me a better therapist and i'm able to provide that mm -hmm. you know for my clients too mm -hmm. and i think coming from that place of you know being genuine keeps my heart warm mm -hmm. and that's what's really going to help me continue to you know Make a difference. Mm. Yeah. Um, and remember why I started in the first place. Mm. I love that. Yeah. You broke that down. You broke it down amazingly. <laughs> yeah. Genuine. Yeah, definitely. That's I, I do think that's the first time we got first genuine time. as the one word yeah. too. That's the first time. It's crazy. We have we've had a hundred. <laughs> off the top of the head, we just know. I'm like, we haven't got that word. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Um well Natri, man, just wanna thank you for being here first and foremost. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, just Great. sharing your wisdom, your journey, um, your energy with us in the audience. I'm pretty sure if you have not been schooled or gamed through this episode, run it back, <laughs> watch it again. Yeah, yeah you might have missed some stuff. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we just want to salute you for the work you're doing and super excited for what's to come. Thank I know you. there's a lot on the horizon. Um, we wish you much success moving forward. And you know you always got support with us here at The Up and Up. And with that being said, Always. I think it's safe to say Natri Brown and Wise Words Therapy is officially members of the Up and Up. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this is DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the Up and Up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire Up and Up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore the Up and Up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the Up and Up has coming your way. Thanks for listening. And until the next one, keep it on the Up and Up.